If you want a sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting. Welcome to People Are Revolting, a daily dose of disobedience. First up is a piece by Shruti Rajkumar. This piece is published at HuffPost.com. Thousands of airport workers across the country protested unfair wages and labor practices on Thursday and demanded that Congress take action to protect them. Airport service workers, including baggage handlers, cabin cleaners, janitors, security guards, and wheelchair attendants, rallied in 15 cities across the U.S. to demand better working conditions and living wages, according to the Service Employees International Union. Workers in three major hubs, Chicago, Boston, and Newark, went on strike. The latest action comes nearly nine months after airport workers staged major protests nationwide over their working conditions. Quote, we're calling on Congress to get major airlines to make sure that they invest in frontline workers all across the country, SEIU President Mary Kay Henry said in a video for the union's Twitter. The wages of airport service workers have been near the poverty level for decades, according to SEIU. Verna Montalvo, a cabin cleaner at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport, said during a Thursday news conference on Capitol Hill, that people work overtime just to make ends meet, but even then, the pay is still not enough. Airport workers like me and working people all across the economy are fed up. Without us, no one could travel safely to visit their families over the holidays, Montavo said in a separate statement shared by SEIU. Seeing smiles on passengers' faces gives me a huge sense of pride, but it comes at a huge cost when I can't support my own family on poverty wages. Airport service workers have been asking corporations for living wages, affordable health care, sick days, and other protections since the beginning of the pandemic, SEIU said in a statement. Workers urge Congress to hold corporations accountable through the Good Jobs for Good Airports Act, which would require all major airports that receive federal funding to set minimum wage and benefit standards. The legislation was introduced in June by Senator Ed Markey and Representative Jesus Garcia. Airport workers risked their own health and the safety of their families to keep America moving during the pandemic. The least we can do is ensure that they have good wages, decent benefits, and safe working conditions, Garcia said in a statement at the time. Markey and other members of Congress joined workers and allies at their press conference. If the federal government is giving $11 billion to the airports of our country, they have to share it with the workers at the airport. They must get the benefits from the federal money which we put in. That's what we're going to fight for, and that's what we're going to make the law of the United States of America. Next up is a piece published at ESPN.com. An activist group erected protest billboards in FIFA boss Gianni Infantino's Swiss hometown of Brig on Wednesday to demand the world football body compensate migrant workers for alleged human rights abuses in Qatar, host of the World Cup. The mobile billboards carried the messages, Infantino, your family were migrants. 
Thousands like them were victims of this World Cup and compensate them now. The protest by the Avaz campaign group included an Infantino impersonator holding a World Cup trophy. Qatar, where foreigners make up most of the 2.9 million population, has faced intense criticism from human rights groups over its treatment of migrant workers. FIFA had no direct comment on the protests, but pointed to comments by Infantino last month, hailing a fund that Qatar set up in 2018 that has paid out $350 million to workers in cases mainly linked to late or non-payment of wages. The Guardian newspaper reported last year that at least 6,500 migrant workers, many of them working on World Cup projects, had died in Qatar since it won the right in 2010 to stage the World Cup. The International Labour Organization has questioned that number, which it said included all deaths in the migrant population. Qatari World Cup organizers have said that there have been three work-related fatalities and 34 non-work-related deaths among workers at World Cup 2022 sites. Amnesty and other rights groups have led calls for FIFA to compensate migrant workers in Qatar for human rights abuses by setting aside $440 million, matching the World Cup prize money. FIFA has said it was assessing Amnesty's proposal and implementing an, quote, unprecedented due diligence process in relation to the protection of workers involved. The EU Parliament last month approved a resolution that calls on FIFA to help compensate the families of migrant workers who died, as well as workers who suffered rights abuses during preparations for the World Cup. And finally, this episode is a piece published at artnet.com, written by Taylor Defoe. More than 150 artists and cultural workers are boycotting Finland's Museum of Contemporary Art, Kiasma, in protest of the institution's relationship with billionaire Shame Poju Zabludowicz and his alleged connections to the Israeli government. Zabludowicz is CEO of Tamaris, an investment group founded by his father, whose own wealth was built through facilitating the arms trade between Finland and Israel. Today, most of Tamaris's holdings are in real estate, though in recent years the group owned a stake in a company that maintains airplanes for the Israeli Air Force. Zabludowicz also co-founded the influential pro-Israel lobbying group Britain-Israel Communications and Research Center. In an open letter published in October, Finnish artists Tariq Hapaja and Eero Ili Vakari called on Kiasma, the contemporary art arm of the Finnish National Gallery in Helsinki, to revoke Zalbudowicz's membership on the board. Otherwise, the artist wrote, the museum will endanger its credibility as a platform for discussions of social responsibility and will be complicit in the art washing of a political activity that endangers human lives. Earlier this month, Hapoja and Ili Vakuri formalized their position in a petition called Chiasma Strike. Quote, As art workers, we expect the Chiasma Museum of Contemporary Art to refuse financial or other support from private parties involved in arms trading or manufacturing and financial investments in conflict zones. Read the statement on the campaign's website. At the time this article was published, 164 artists and cultural workers including 
Tuomas Leitinen, Udi Pieski, and 2022 Venice Biennial participant Pilvi Takala had signed the petition. We, the signatories, refuse to sell our labor and art to Chiasma as long as it collaborates with organizations whose leadership includes representatives of the Zabludowitz Art Trust. The document continues, Our stance is based on the fact that organizations shame Poju Zabludowitz funds support the apartheid regime imposed on Palestine and the Palestinian people by the State of Israel. In a joint statement, Finnish National Gallery Director General Kimo Leva and Kiasma Director Levi Hapala said that, quote, Artists are important partners for Chiasma. We respect the opinion of the artists who made the petition, and we are naturally willing to continue working with the artists after they end their work stoppage. The museum leaders explain that Zlobludowicz sits on the board of the Chiasma Support Foundation, an independent 11-member group that fundraises for the institution, and not on the board of the museum itself. The National Gallery does not have decision-making power over the composition of the Foundation's board, their statement said. Quote, As a founding member of the Chiasma Support Foundation, I believe in the importance of the museum as an independent and inclusive space, Zabludowitz wrote in a statement provided to Artnet News. He called, on the, boy- he called the boycott, quote, a personal character attack based on misinformation attempts to call into question the ethics of the museum. I passionately support a two-state solution that guarantees the rights of Palestinians and Israelis to live and work side-by-side in peace, and I see no reason for this to be of any importance in my suitability for a place on the board of the Chiasma Support Foundation, Zabludowitz went on. Personally, I believe that boycotts harm the prospects of peace as they put up barriers between an open dialogue and the people. I believe that a museum should always be a space for dialogue. Representatives from the Zabludowitz Art Trust previously told Art News that Zabludowitz family does not currently have any connection to military operations in Israel or Finland. This isn't the first time that the Zabludowitz Art Trust, which manages the world-class collection owned by the billionaire and his wife, Anita, has come under fire. In 2014, a group of artists, activists, curators, and writers operating under the name Boycott Divest Zabludowitz called for a boycott of the trust and its subsidiaries. A statement on the group's website demands that the trust publicly recognize the rights of Palestinians and desist from all activities and investments supporting the state of Israel in maintaining an oppressive system of apartheid. In 2021, BDZ issued a letter urging artists to de-author their works that had been acquired or shown by the Zlobludowitz Art Trust. If you want to check out back episodes of People Are Revolting, just go to peoplearerevolting.com. You can also follow on Twitter at People Revolting. Keep revolting, and thanks for listening. A sign that humanity's still got it going on. The people are revolting.
I think you just nailed it. <laughs>